0: Bring that in. There we go. So, do you think they really pour drugs. drugs into from Mexico into here now? Or do you think they... I don't think as much. All right. What the hell is going on? Welcome to the Daily Addict Podcast. It's your boy Tim and your boy Dave. And today we have a very special guest. And she, we've been telling you about having her on and really hyping up her Twitter because we feel like she's uh, doing big things, uh, being an advocate for the... Uh, what would you call it, Dave? The, the uh, fake... Patient abuse, <laughs> the patient, the the over hyping of this opioid thing. But please welcome to the show Claudia Morandi. She's an author. She's an advocate. She's a mother. She's a Crohn's girl. She does things. She, she's standing mother. up for something she believes in. And we're we're happy to have you on today. How are you today?
1: Hi Tim. Hi Dave. Thanks uh, for having me on.
0: Thanks for calling. God, me.
1: after that introduction, I'm in love with myself. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, um, you know, we speak the truth on this show. We don't fuck around, so um, yeah. we just wanted.
1: Time.
0: We just wanted to. We just wanted to. Maybe, you know, could you could you kind of start from the beginning and and tell yeah. us how you got pretty, kind of yeah. kind of involved with you know you have a you have a book and you have you're dealing with this uh, you know disease. Is that how you started getting into the movement?
1: Yeah, pretty much. So I was, you know, I was a kid with Crohn's disease. I'm 50 now. And after my 14-year-old was born, I went in the hospital. I was there for about 10 to 15 years. You, you, you stop counting after five. My Crohn's was severe. And um, it was just a real miserable life. And, you know, I lost my fiancé. I lost everything. I was a successful court reporter. And due to the severity of the illness, my business was gone. Everything was wiped away. And over, like, the, I want to say probably, like, eight years ago I started to hear the term drug seeker
2: mm-hmm. and
1: I wouldn't go to the hospital because I was so, I was robbed of my dignity. It was like indignity. That's the only word that comes to my mind. Yeah. And I said, no, I'm, I'm not going to the hospital. I would tell my mom, I said, I'm not going. then. Not, not. I would wait until I was almost dead more than once. And this is common with people with illnesses like mine. And I was in the hospital I think one after a surgery I had to get a colostomy bag and I remember running my business from the hospital and I said, I'll just go out of the hospital and something like a light bulb went off. I went to my doctor. I was like, I don't want to live like this. But there's no life. Like my kids don't know me. Um, I, and I started to identify as a person with an illness instead of a mom. I identified as a sick person right. and my primary care doctor's like, you know, I'm going to send you to a pain management center. I'm like, well, what is that? I said, why can't you just prescribe what I need? And she's like, no, no, we can't prescribe pain medication. I said, all right. But I had always been on pain medication while I was in the hospital, IV, but I had never taken it at home. So when I went to this pain management facility, I was like, oh, my God, where the fuck am I? Is this like a methadone shit? What is this place? <laughs> right. And I said, oh, I'm on in the wrong joint. I don't. Know. I said, no, no. I said, I think my doctor sent me here. And Eric's like, no, you're in the right place. And I, this nun came out. I was like, what the hell is this? And I was at a Catholic pain management center and I had to go for like a psych eval and I had to go to a drug class. And I was like, oh. I'm like, and this, you know, these people were asking all these questions. I was like, just shut up so we can get out of this drug class. Exactly. And I came home. I'm like that's not for me, but I met my anesthesiologist, and he's like, "You're considered to be opioid naive," a term I never, I never heard.
0: So, Claudia, and, um, just real quick, how long ago did how long ago did that how long ago, have? How long ago since you eight first years, went to the pain clinic?
1: Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Okay. yeah. We're right about maybe eight or seven. You know, I'm fifty, so like the years just melt together now. So I so. seven years ago eight years so
0: you had Crohn's that whole time you had you suffered from this disease that entire time without having any pain management at home
1: oh yeah you know my dad has Crohn's and my 17 year old is very sick so you just I never complained like I used to I always and I put it this way I never knew a life without pain but we're Italian and we don't complain and if we do it You go to the hospital if it was that bad. And it was, I was very, very sick. My Crohn spread quickly and it went into my throat. And it was, and then it turns out, you know, one emergency room visit when they're like, no, we think she's here for just the pain medication. And my mom was with me. And my mom's like, how dare you say that to my daughter? And they sent me home and I got rushed back in 24 hours later and I had a colonoscopy and it turns out not only did my Crohn spread spread so badly but I had colitis and that was it I called I said we're gonna get a bill passed no more and that's how the emergency room compassion bill got off that that's when the thought process started okay I said if I'm being called a drug seeker yeah everybody else must be
0: yeah that's that's an incredible story I didn't I didn't really Oh, um, I
1: got millions, of boys. Oh, jeez, <laughs> that's
0: um. So, so then, so then you had this idea. You're you're going you're going to have. Now you need to put together. You need to figure out how to get this legislation going. So, what was the process there? Uh, what, how did you figure that out?
1: Well, let me just say, it, I was fortunate. So, a small, like a few pills a day, we'll call it. Right? Yeah. Changed my life. Yeah. Before I knew it, you know, my kids would come in the house. Like, is she here? is mom here or, and I had a hospital bag. Okay. I'm like, oh my God, it's still here. So they were so used to seeing the hospital bag gone. And my mom's like, my God, what's going on? You haven't been in the hospital for six months. And then it turned into seven months. I had never gone past like 15 days or, you know, I would get like these crazy flu. So it was like pain medication. I was like, oh my God, nobody ever introduced this into my life. Like, why would you not, like I could have saved, 15 years yeah. my life would have been so much different so for me it was just you know if you slow your gut down so pain medication gave me my life back an addict will say pain medication ruined my life a person with pain will say pain medication changed my life that's
0: so a great point
1: fast forward you know what three years ago I would see all this these stories on social media oh my god I can't get pain medication and it wasn't one story who was 1,000 and then 2,000. And I said, you know what? I went on Facebook and I said, if you've had trouble getting pain medication post here, it was thousands. And I tagged my representative, who was a good friend of mine. His name's Greg Amore. And I took him on my journey with me. And we started off with uh, like some bullshit resolution. By the way, those are useless resolutions, but it's how you get in the door. Yeah, And when I met with my Department of Health guy, this little prick, I can't stand him, (laughs) he's like, oh, and I said, look, compassion is free. Nobody's giving compassion. But that's before I knew what they were doing to the doctor. So I was naive. I didn't know what was happening to doctors. Now I do. So they passed my my resolution through and, you know, they stand and they applauded. Oh, thank you for your advocacy. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit, right? So... Now I get this resolution, it's worthless. You can walk around with it taped to your head, doctor doesn't give a shit. So I said, I'm going to start the Don't Punish Pain rally movement. I went on Facebook, I was like, I'm going to organize a national protest. If you can't get pain medication, we're going to protest. And people are like, oh, please, that's not going to take off, that's not going anywhere. Well, not only did it go anywhere, it's a national movement. It's all. We're all. You Google don't punish, don't punish pain, and you see people in every state, and now you see them in Canada and Australia. So it's big. So we started this protest movement, and this past week we we rallied, and um, you know they got everybody got media for the most part. People got media. Some states will not give you media because they don't believe in the cause. Right. And it is what it is. But the Wired put out a great piece. I don't even remember giving this lady an interview and she did a phenomenal job and she was so kind because she released it 48 hours prior to the, the, uh, the rally. And we picked up probably between the Facebook page and the website and Twitter, probably 600 members. And then that's how it spread. I don't have money. I don't have a nonprofit. I only have social media. So I organized the don't punish pain rally movement on Facebook and, um, it took off, and now I organize doctors. I try to get doctors' protection. Doctors are being mm. terrorized by the DEA, and it stops. It stops real soon because um, when you're in your doctor's office and 37 monkey cops invade you, and they come in and they point assault rifles at your head or whatever they're called in your doctor's head, and they hold you hostage, there's something
0: wrong. Yeah. It's It's not, that's
1: not normal. It's a,
0: it's a really, it's a really draconian way that they come after the drug war in general. And, and we, we cover a lot. We cover a lot of those stories too, where they use actual SWAT teams. They blow the doors off people's apartments. I mean, they, they ruin if they, if they raid one of these doctor's offices, they're, they're, they're pulling the files. They're pulling, they're dumping the garbage on the floor. They don't give a shit, you know? And, and no, it's a horrible They're out
1: of control. Yeah,
0: they're way out of control.
1: and I I get nuts thinking about it. I get so hyped up. You know, I because I was a court reporter, I worked for the Fed. So I know what the, I know what I know what happened. I worked on I was the court reporter for most of the police departments in Rhode Island. I okay. know cops.
2: I okay. come
1: from a cop family. Okay. So I, it's not like I'd be Oh my God, what? first I know what goes on I th- I know the good the bad and the ugly and everything in between mm. but these are good doctors you know yeah they, like the doctors that I interview I just talked to one guy real nice guy from Oregon and I could tell he was hesitant I'm like look I'm gonna break it to you easy if you speak with the media you're gonna go to prison if you don't speak with the media you're still going to prison <laughs> get your story out there so I can get you help yeah So we're, we're trying to get to the doctors. Um, it's just me, you know, and I need, I need people like me or similar to me, but you are going to have a thick skin. You know, I'm not a doctor. I don't care if I lose my license. Um, Yeah. yeah. If you,
0: if you, if you ever, if you ever have a doctor that's trying to get the word out uh, to the media or whatever, you know, we'd be happy to retweet and have our followers retweet that, um, yeah. because some we, of these we stories we, we cover them. some of these stories about the doctors and we see that they get they get charged for murder and, and oh. uh they get you know they're scared now they're I, I could yeah they're scared to give the medication uh to give the prescriptions because i don't know how many patients a doctor will normally have but you got to figure if there's you know if there's five or, or ten people that have to, you know, up their dosage because you know as well as I do that you get kind of immune or you have you have to build up a tolerance to some drugs sometimes. Yeah. And some people are living with terrible pain.
1: Um, yeah, A lot of my members took their lives. You know, people yeah. take their life all the time. The vets, they drive into the parking lot, they blow their heads off. Yeah. And you know what's cruel is the government decides, well, you get to pick one. You either can take your benzodiazepine or your pain medication. And if I wasn't so enraged, I probably would have bailed on this cause. But I believe in this. It's wrong. And the lawmakers have, I spoke with an emergency room doctor a few days ago. He's "He's a young guy. He's like, let me tell you. When the government practices medicine or interferes with practicing medicine, bad things happen and bad things are happening. Yeah. And we already had a fractured healthcare system. Oh, yeah. Well, we're living in an inhumane country right now. That's it. It's, and when you deprive a person of the ability to live a pain free life or you know, it's not uncommon for a person with my illness. I mean, I used to put my pants 40 times a day. Look, if you don't have fucking anxiety from that, well, then what are you going to have anxiety <laughs> from, right? I still remember driving in the car and I had a newborn and a four-year-old and I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to have an accident. I'm going to put my pants And that just, that's the worst feeling in the world. So Um, Yeah. Hi, I'm guilty as charged. I I take one milligram of clonazepam and it's, you know, thank God for it. But my veterans, my veterans lost their limbs fighting for this country and they don't get the right to live a life without anxiety and a life without pain because some asshole, whatever you, whoever is the lawmaker of the day decides to make the, pass the law, I call it the monkey see, monkey do syndrome? Yeah. What state are you guys in?
0: We're in Michigan. We're in in Michigan.
1: Okay. So you're in Michigan and you've got your morons, your House of Representatives and your senators, and like, hey, the next state over just passed this great bill. We're going to tax opioids because that's where all the activity is. Let's get our 15 minutes of fame and let people with cancer, are going to suck it up. So, so what, you know, we're, we're going to tax them anyway, because the other States are doing it. That's called a monkey seed, monkey do syndrome. Yeah. And um, that's what your lawmakers, they're all to blame because they all passed these draconian laws because they saw other States do it. And they're, Moronic house, their speakers introduce them. And it's all about making deals now that I'm, now that I have legislation. Oh yeah. God, I could never, never, I couldn't go to, I feel dirty when I leave my state house. <laughs> like I feel like I need a shower. <laughs> it's so bad. And when I speak with the federal, like the, the senators, oh, oh my God, I have zero. I just, I can't, I have no respect for them. Just can't. And I, I uh I'm jaded. I'm really jaded. Or my elderly people, they've gotta to go to pain management centers, right? And like, oh no, she's gotta urine she's gotta uh, do a urine test with the door open. I was like, Yeah. I'll you get your fingers out of the door, I'm gonna take the door and put your fingers in it. My elder my eighty three year old patient's not gonna urinate with the door open or you're gonna lose your teeth.
0: That's fucking crazy. Like, oh
1: my god I say, like, No, nah, nah. You're not going to treat one of my elderly people. Could you ma- I can job. imagine if
0: that was like my grandma or something or my mom, or if right. that was somebody, you know, and I was there, I would definitely yeah. I would definitely lose my shit. I don't lose my shit over very much, but that that's just treating people with total disrespect. I wanted to get back like to this op- like this opioid crisis thing. Uh isn't it true that sometimes they lump in like heroin use with opioid use to tr- or try to trick people into opioid or opiate or things like that. Um, have you ever like run across that type of thing? Like maybe the media or oh, even the politicians no, kind of do that shit. That's
1: my specialty. That's my specialty. So what happened was like 2013, there was a spike in overdoses, right? Go back to 2016. So if you go back to 2000, between 2013, 14, 15, 16, What the CDC did is they looked at everybody that overdosed. I'm like, oh, this person had pain medication. This person had pain medication and benzodiazepine. This This person had pain medication. Oh, look, all these people all have pain medication. Is pain medication addictive? Absolutely. Do we have an opioid crisis? Absolutely. But I can tell you what, nobody's overdosing on pain medication today because nobody's receiving pain medication because nobody's prescribing pain medication. We do have a crisis. It's called the illicit fentanyl heroin. Overdosing epidemic.
0: Oh, Jesus. You're, yeah, we we cover that. We cover fentanyl and we cover, we cover fentanyl and and heroin and how they're cutting fentanyl into everything. They're pressing fake pills. They make fake Xanaxes. I mean, the whole, the whole market on the black market is blowing up with this stuff. And if you can't get your medication from your doctor, you're going to get it from a dealer and you don't know because it's not going through the sting. So that's one of our points we always try to make is, the drug war is a failure because you have all this unregulated dope on the streets. You never you never addressed the demand for drugs, but you're trying to cut off the supply and that's that's just a uh that's a bad mix. You can't you in, in order to do that if you if you're trying to fight addiction um then you need to go you need to treat addiction. And they used to do that. Uh, the hospitals back in the day, we on our last episode, they used to treat them. It would be like $5 of heroin a day and it it might have been yeah. people back from the war it might have been people emotionally yeah. scarred it might have been people that are hurting on the inside or out you know and they well, they would just they would they would wean them off if they need to but if it's something they right. needed every day they would supply it for them.
2: they don't even wean people off anymore they just, no. just cut them off yeah uh,
1: so this all so this whole opioid hysteria movement this all can tra- this is all traced back to the CDC guidelines a man named Andrew Kolodny and an organization called PROP, P-R-O-P. The CDC created those guidelines in secret. The FDA didn't know about those guidelines. And they woke up one day and they're like, here's the new prescribing guidelines. So you went into your doctor and your doctor's like, I can't prescribe to you anymore. So what happens? Your pain patient hits the street. They get a pill that looks like Percocet, but it was laced with illicit fentanyl. That fentanyl's coming in from China. From Mexico, and God only knows what country's going to start shipping it in next. And you overdose, and, and the, that's how you die.
2: And even if they do prescribe it, you feel like you feel dirty because you got to go in and take, you know, piss tests, and oh, you got to fill yeah, out this course. contract, and you just feel like you're doing something oh, illegal yeah. right away.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, when I, but you know what? Now that I'm, now that, and I tell you know when I speak with crop people, I was like, oh look, dude, the jig is up. It's all about Suboxone with these people. You're, our country, you know what they want? They want a bunch of walking, anti-depressed Suboxoneites. The money is in Suboxone. Whenever I do an interview, I tell the journalist, don't ever follow me up with an addiction piece because I always end, whenever I testify, I say my name's Claudia Mirandi. I'm a patient, not an addict. So I did one piece, and my segment was followed up by... Um, a psychiatrist and he said oh well there's no long-term you know long-term studies prove that you know um, like uh, uh, opioids used for an extended period of time are shown to be ineffective I so said I see this psychiatrist on the news I said really so I get on my phone I, call him, I don't know what his name is I called him by his first name I said hi Scott Claudia Miranda I said Scott you lying stack of shit <laughs> There are no <laughs> studies. You know why? Because chronic pain studies, they're done off of addiction studies. We never had $20 billion put into studies regarding pain. They just assume, well, they're, uh, they're, t- you know, they're probably addicts. They've been on pills for this many years. No, no. Chronic pain, actually, people who have been on opioids for a decade are the most stable people medically, right? They've never had an overdose. They don't divert their medication. They've rarely failed a urine test. And the majority are 60% or more are women in their forties because we have more plumbing than men do. And we've been through more shit than men have, but the government just put their spin on it. So they're like, no, we're going to, we're going to cut off the supply. So, we're gonna we're not gonna give pain patients what they need. So let's start there. But we're gonna, this, we're gonna give this to the people with cancer. Let let's throw them a bone. So they created these CDC guidelines. That's how they started. Then they said, once we're gonna cut off these dumb assholes because if they're if they're in pain, they must be stupid. If they're stupid, they're not educated. And if they're not educated, they're not gonna know how to fight back. So we're gonna go after them first. Then we're going to terrorize the doctors. And we're going to send in the monkey cops. Every doctor that prescribes, we're going to be sure the medical board terrorizes them. And then we're going to send in the SWAT team to really, like, force these poor bastards to almost blow their heads off. When we're done with the cops, we're going to hit the pharmacies. We're going to make sure the pharmacies can't order a number greater than this. So they can only order six, sets six to 800 oxycodone per seven days. But then we're going to make sure the insurance company doesn't pay. So we're going to insist that Medicaid doesn't pay for opioids, but we're not done yet. We're going to go after to the middleman. They're so going to make sure the pharmacy can't get their medicine because we're going to make sure that Purdue stopped. I'm using Purdue as an example. We're going to be sure Purdue stopped manufacturing. They're going to reduce it by half. So, so they just did. Advantage.
0: They just did like a roundhouse fucking of everybody. They just, they just got, they everybody.
1: got rid of everybody.
0: Wow. But you know
1: what? They didn't plan on. They didn't plan on pain patients fighting back. This was a well thought out plan. They attacked the person with pain from every angle, and they took the doctors. They took the pharmacies. And they and, you know, listen, Medicare was applauding these efforts. They're like, yay, we're going to save so much money and Medicaid. You're not getting jack shit anymore. You're going to suffer. But some states are like oh, we're going to give you weed. Weed. Oh, 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 how, how generous of you. Well, guess <laughs> what? My people with six hundred dollars a month, they can't afford weed. And, you know, Rhode Island, we've got great dispensaries here. Yeah. For me. That was never. Um, it wasn't a good fit. I tried the oil, yeah. four drops. I thought the cast of the love boat was hiding in my closet. <laughs> I've never been so paranoid in my life.
0: You know what? There's and, a um, lot. There's a lot to that too, Claudia. Uh, especially with cannabis. There's, you know, there's a lot of different,
1: uh, lot of different strains. There's a lot you know, of different
0: strains. Great. There's a lot of different properties. There's there's 130 different. Um, compounds in there so it's there's there's yet still a lot more to come on that i think they're gonna you know they can eliminate those problems with that eventually but um well,
1: they, i think they, i think the government says, well we, we gave you weed what more do you want right so and, they, and then you know what and then they took away people's anti-anxiety medication so uh. what happened last year this is so you know what 300 plus doctors got together with some great advocates behind the scenes and said oh no People are blowing their heads off. So the they're like, you need, so they sent a letter and they said, dear CDC, you fucked up. And then yeah. the CDC issued a clarification a month ago, uh, or two months ago and said pretty much, all right, so this is what happened. We didn't plan on people committing suicide. We didn't, you know, so basically the CDC put a black box warning on their own guidelines saying don't force paper for your patients because what, what happened is People were cut off, and they went in their backyard and they blew their heads off. And that's simply it. There was no, there's no, not a gray area. A person was stable. And they went to their doctor, and their doctor's like, no, the CDC just came out with these guidelines. I can't. It's not. But see, your medical boards, even in Michigan, right? You know what they do? They send your doctor these letters on, on the Michigan Medical Board stationery, and says, well, we see that you prescribe ten more pills than your. Than the doctor up the street. Well, you better be careful. You don't want to lose your license. Well, if that's not enough to terrorize you, right? Right. You've, you've worked your whole life. You're probably just done paying off your school loans. You're 50 years old. And I mean, oh, is it worth it? Like, I want to treat my patient's pain. I don't want to turn my back on my patient's pain, but I'm going to go to prison. And that's exactly what's happening. My doctors go to prison. Not, no more weekly daily they're shipped off and they never see the light of day and they're being raped in prison and look i don't like if i mean thank god i'm not an advocate for prison reform, because I would never sleep at night, because that's another issue. Oh, that's
0: another. I, you know, I, that's an issue that yeah. that's a huge issue, and it and it's directly affected by the the war on drugs. Over half of the prisoners Absolutely. in the United States are there for nonviolent drug uh, offenses for yeah. possession and use, and a lot of times it really ruins your whole life. You know, you you go oh, to prison, yeah. you do some time because you had uh what is the penalty right. if you if you have a prescri if you don't have a prescription and you have like a Vicod like or I uh uh I don't a couple years ago it was like uh one year per pill one year so yep. if you have some Norco or you, so so they're gonna put you in prison you're gonna have a record you won't be able to get a job you know it will be harder to get a okay. job when you get out you, go you, back you to yeah and 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 everything they're gonna go back they're gonna put you on a a, a drug regimen and they're gonna try to you know the the whole premise of it is just ass backwards and 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 we've allowed it to happen but like you said with 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 the advocates you have and and the movement that's happening there's power in numbers and and eventually yeah. you know this thing's going to flip the other way when it's going to get so high that it's going to peak it's going to flip the other way and i yeah. think there's going to be a huge push back and it's going to get back between the doctor and oh. the patient it's going
1: it's going to be a revolt. Well, let me tell you, we have there's a there's a protest planned at the CDC in, in uh, June 21st. I can't I can't guarantee people are going to be civil with this protest because we people are angry now. They they you know when you hit the fear, um, other emotions trickle in. We're angry, and I was in the grocery store the other day, and I stopped. And all I could think of is what this doctor told me about how his medical board, you know, they send him letters. And I had a, I had cabbage in my hand. I don't know why I don't even eat cabbage. <laughs> and I put it down, and I said, "This is just like this." Or like a crazy person I said, "This is." And I, knew, I must have said it out loud. I said, "This is so fucking wrong. This is so wrong." And that's why I'm still here because, I and you know, I wanted to leave this cause. Too many times to count. You know why? Because I mean, I gotta find a husband, (laughs) and I can't. (laughs) I'm wasting time, and yeah, I'm a fitness competitor. So I know we didn't
0: even talk about that at all. I seen the picture. I I seen a picture of you on stage. I got. I mean, I was impressed. I mean, did you? I
1: know. How long did you compete?
0: How long did you compete? Or are you still competing?
1: Again, I compete again in November. I compete every year. I raise money for kids with Crohn's. And my children's book was just published, Dottie on the Potty. It's about a little girl with Crohn's disease and all proceeds go to cure for IBD. And that's when the media loves me, right? That's awesome. they love hearing, you know, they're like, oh, a little walking. But you can be sure once I, when I'm at my book signing, uh, you think I'm not going to talk about the opioid crisis. Of course I am. It's a package deal. Mm -hmm. But, you know, um, it's, so there's so many parts to my life, but this part carries a big part. It's a big part of who I am. Um, it never leaves me. Even when I, you know, I'm going away tomorrow morning just for a few days, but I always have my phone with me. I wake up when I kid you not between Twitter, website and Facebook, there's sometimes two hundred messages a day and one is scattered than the next. And I always say, if I'm ever assassinated, and I say this all the time because you never know what can happen in advocacy, I always say, you go through my phone and you go through it. And it would take somebody a good, probably it would take three people to go through every single message I've ever received. And it's just so sad. And, um, you know, you got to separate that part because you can't walk around with everybody's sadness because it, and then I'm not effective. So, you got to come me. You know, i got to put things in different compartments. Yeah. So, my bodybuilding is, um, you know, that's my sanity. That, you know, every day I start off my day, help me to diet strong, train strong, advocate strong. Uh, it's a big part of who I am. It was, you know, it's how everything came together for me. And I'm, I'm grateful. But, you know, it wouldn't happen without pain medication. I also have to say
0: that. Absolutely. And you got to have some, sometimes you got to have that, you know, I think that it's a good balance. I think life in general is just a good balance, right? You can't, you can't give it all to advocacy. You can't give it all to your patients because then you have nothing for yourself. And like you said, you, you'll, you will walk away from it. Matt, I thought I seen a message that said that you were going to be more of a doctor's advocate in the future or are you, or is that like still up in the air or?
1: No, no, it's, you know, I think I, when, so people, there's been advocates that have been doing what I, what I do for far longer and they're really smart people. They're researchers. They have, you know, fancy letters after their name. I'm just a girl with Crohn's disease that had an idea. And, you know, when I started the, the, the rally, I thought, oh, it may, it may take off. I I didn't think it would be this, and I'm grateful it is. But you know, we can't forget about the people who have worked on this for years. But I've gotten a lot of hate for what I've achieved because people are jealous, and that's it. Um, I, I right, you know speaking of that jealous hateful people.
0: Speaking of that, you had some. There was some. There you're always getting hated on people are accusing you yeah. of being a shill or people are accusing you yeah. of trying to be in it for the money or you're in it for the fame or whatever. And I, anybody listening to this podcast right now, if that's, if they're, if they could be convinced of that, then they shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Cause they're just oh. idiotic. Yeah. I don't know how anybody Never could try reason, to paint you in that picture without looking like a total you know, fucking moron.
1: Yeah. Well, they are, they really, and you know, I want to say for the most part, I think I've got 10,000 people on the, fa- on the Facebook page. There's like 40, 50 people, women primarily, and some really weird men that devote their time. I mean, their time. And they create these, I hate Claudia Facebook pages and, you know, crazy thing. And they're like, I have a chauffeur. and What are you, a fucking moron, a chauffeur? <laughs> I drive a Honda CRV <laughs> and like, what are you crazy? But they are. And you just have to, you know, so this is not, if you have, if you don't have a thick skin, you can't do this type of.
0: Oh, shit. definitely. But oh if, yeah.
1: I, and you know, I, yeah, my face is on a national commercial because everybody's like, we need a commercial. We need a commercial. All right. I went in the studio. I made a fucking commercial. You said you wanted a commercial. <laughs> And then, like one of the uh, like pharmacist guys, is like, oh well, half the commercials about her. I'm like, of course it is, you friggin' idiot! It's me. I'm the
2: commercial.
1: What am I going to go on? I'm going to go in a fucking studio and say, oh, I'm here to sell band-aids. Of course it's, it's me talking. You want to put some beef down there? Put a beef. And I said, if you don't like this commercial? Then get another commercial, but nobody, everybody's like, oh, this sucks. This sucks. Well. I just decided I'm not a person that complains and doesn't do the follow through. I have all these things I like say, protest with dignity. Be a, be a doer, not a stayer. Um, you know, I'm just, that's how I was built. And I, I don't expect people to like, I'm like Black Ricker. <laughs> Black liquor, you love me, you hate me. I don't give a shit. But do something. Yeah. Don't bitch, don't complain and then, oh, and like I get accused of the craziest, like, what? Here's one thing, right? <laughs> this is the best. It's not my body. I was like, it's a stunt body? That's not my body. <laughs> stunt body. I was like, oh, I got a stunt body? Yeah. So, so I've got a stunt body. You can my do kids, a lot. They're not my kids. You can do no. a lot to prove my that. Mom?
0: You can just snap a shot. Yeah. You can snap a shot on Twitter right now and then prove that wrong.
1: I look good. <laughs> Seven days a week. 24 hours a day. You know why? Because I put the work in and I diet and I train hard. Damn That's right. why I don't, yeah. You want to look like this? You can look like this. It's better. So I don't drink, I don't smoke. I probably should. I don't gamble. <laughs> I live a very clean life. So for me looking good is important. Okay, I'm a bad person. Next, but I never raised 1 penny from the Don't Punish Pain Rally organization. I don't have a nonprofit. We have a GoFundMe that pays for the commercial to run on Fox, Business, or wherever. And let me tell you, that wasn't easy, finding a contact there. And they're like, oh my God, she's pushing her face. So you'll never please anybody. And I could give three shits whether I please you or not, but it had to be done. Like we needed a cause. We needed um, a name and a face To be attached. I put my name on this cause because I know what people think a person looks like who takes pain medication.
0: Yeah, we have to end this interview a little early. You can pick up part two with Claudia Mirandi on the next episode. Make sure you tune in to listen to that. A lot of good stuff. really enjoyed talking to claudia about how she got involved with this and her history behind it so listen to the next episode we go deeper into the drug war detail and the future for don't punish the pain movement things of that
2: nature peace